Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. All right. You guys are ready. Let me teach you an ancient Christian Christmas greeting. I'll say Christ is born. The response is magnify him. Christ is born. Christ is born. Christ is born. Thanks, guys. This year, I think unlike any other year, or maybe it just gets worse every year, maybe this is just me talking, but it gets busier and busier. Is anybody else, do you find yourself saying, man, I'm just so busy, I can't get that, I can't do this, I'm just so busy. And this is in the air of the, the days in which we have fast things and appliances and uh, like productivity apps. And we just find ourselves, don't we find ourselves getting more and more busy? Let me start off with a question and we'll come back to this question kind of throughout the sermon. But have you had a moment like really had a moment in these days, a lot of Christians uh, call this season Advent, the days leading up to Christmas. Have you had a moment of unhurried time with the Lord where you can really think about, process through the real meaning of Christmas? Because man, it can easily get lost. What Christmas is really all about can so easily get lost in the busyness of our world. And there's something that I want to share with you. It's, it's quite deep and serious, and it's something we all know. But to be reminded of it is, is often sad. But we're born into this world, and we'll all, at the end of our lives, we will all face death, and we will see death. And there's a lot of life in between, and so much of it distracts us from that big picture of birth to death. And there is one, the Christmas message is that there is one who saves us from death. Jesus words himself, this is really good news. He said, if you believe in him, you'll never die. And when you die, you will actually live. This is the hope of the world. This is the good news. This, God becoming human, is what Christmas is all about. So let's read about this one coming to earth. Let's read about God becoming human. Would you stand with me, if you're able to stand once again, would you stand as we read Luke 2? We're going to put it on the screens here. And I'm going to read from the King James Version, my favorite translation, especially for this passage. It's just so beautiful. Uh, Luke 2, uh, verse 8 says, And there were, in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, an angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. Some translations say they were terrified. We would all be. Verse 10 says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. A Savior, Christ the Lord, has been born this day. And this shall be a sign unto you. This is the angels telling these shepherds. Here's your sign. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in 
a feeding trough lying in a manger. That's going to be the sign, a humble beginnings of this God, this Savior, this Christ here on earth. In 13, verse 13 says, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. That means an army of hosts, of angels, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill towards men. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Christ is in our midst. Let's remain standing as we pray. God, your word, this word that we just read, your scripture unlocks for us the hope that we have, the one who is you, God, you came to this earth. God became man. God became human. You made your dwelling among us. And so Lord, we praise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people at New Life Manitou Christmas Eve shouted, Amen. 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 You may be seated. You're a lot more livelier. We just had a 4 p.m. service and you guys are really into it. Thank you. I love, I love this. Yes. The, the best service. You guys are the best. Don't tell the four. You guys are the best. Um, I have, if you, if, you come, if you come on Sundays, I always have a certain amount of points. How many points do I have? Um, and I always say always, but almost always, I have three points. I have three points for you tonight, and you'll kind of laugh, I assume, when we get to each one. Not at the points themselves. They're very deep. This is a, this is a pretty serious sermon on Christmas Eve, but I think you'll laugh at the simplicity of this sermon and the individual three points. You'll see. So the first point in the title of this sermon, I'm trying to be really simple here. God became human. That's the first point. That's the title of this sermon. And I think we as people, we have the ability, I'm using air quotations, to take really simple things and make them ridiculously complex. I don't know what this is about us, but we take something simple, like the whole Christmas message. What Christmas is all about is that God became human. And it is mysterious. It is beautiful, but it's really quite simple. And yet we make lots of confusing things and distractions and delusions, and we, we dilute the real message of Christmas in all the things that we do. And some of them are quite fun, but some of them are just really random. You think about some of the things that we do around Christmas time. Has anybody ever stopped and paused and thought, yeah, why do we go outside we take a tree from outside and we bring it inside and we wrap it in a fire hazard. Like whose idea was this? And then we put expensive things that we're going to give to someone else under this tree after we wrap them in paper. <laughs> and it's like, you know, like, I'm sure there's like reasons for some of these things and it just makes me laugh and it makes, it's, it's a joyous thing. It makes me smile. But man, it, we've really made this thing pretty complex. The other day I saw a nativity scene and I, I, I truly, I wasn't offended. I just made me laugh, but it was a Star Wars nativity scene and there was a BB-8 in the manger. And I just thought like, well, how confusing is this to outsiders and like people wondering like, really, what is Christmas all about? Last night we saw uh, a, a Charlie Brown Christmas. Do you guys know that one? Have you seen it yet? You, 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 it's, it's great. Uh, there's the scene where uh, Charlie Brown just 
loses it and he's like at his wits end, like everything's going wrong and he screams out, isn't there anybody who can tell me what Christmas is all about? Doesn't anybody know what Christmas is all about? And guess who like, like starts to, to pipe up? The little kid with the blue blanket, he's always in fear. What's his name? Lioness, Van Pelt is his whole name. He goes up, the light comes on him, and he quotes from memory what? The exact passage we just read. It's a great reminder of what Christmas really is all about. Because man, in this busy world, it can sure get lost. In the, the mixes of traditions, some of them really fun, some of them meaningful in family, some of them just bring smiles and good memories and it's just good stuff. But that, man, it could sure dilute and confuse what the real Christmas is all about. And in here, we're not gonna back away. We're not gonna shy away and say, what Christmas really is all about is God became human. That's point one. Are you ready for point number two? Point two is God became human. <laughs> so I told you you'd laugh a little bit. It's, it's the same point. It's going to be, you'll see. You'll just wait and see what the third point is. But God became human. And, and we've underlined human. And let's talk about this humanity for just a minute. God himself became truly one of us. And in like in art, in some of the songs we sing, there's metaphor being used. Like I think about, think about any painting you can of Jesus doing something. Jesus is almost always the one, so you can notice him right away, in like bright shining robes, right? He's usually got a halo. So you could quickly see like this one's Jesus and he's, you know, whatever, feeding the 5,000. Or here he is in the boat. And which one's Jesus? Well, obviously the one wearing the bright white robes, which you kind of have to wonder, like, where'd they get that much bleach back then in the ancient world? I mean, what they're symbolizing, the metaphor is that he, this one's Jesus, this one, this one is the savior, this one is God himself. But maybe that, that kind of imagery takes away from Jesus' humanity. It's like, well, he, maybe he, was, he wasn't really one of us, was he? Yes, he was fully one of us. There's a song, we sing it uh, around Christmas time, away in a manger, help me out. Uh, the line is, but little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. And you're like, wait a minute, a baby not crying? Like I understand the metaphor that here's a perfect scene and it's a beautiful, perfect scene. Yes, God come down. But doesn't that take away from Jesus' humanity? I mean, what do babies do? They cry, that's just what babies do. It's a code, it's a God-given ability given to every baby so that the dads can go get mom. That's what it's for, like every baby cries. And so there's in church history, in theology, there's this heresy that says that Jesus wasn't truly, fully human. And the heresy, I'll give you the name of it. It's a, it's a nerd alert. And so I love getting nerdy. And sometimes on Sundays I'll say nerd alert and you guys will make a, okay, that's, that's good. It's Christmas, it's Christmas Eve. We have a lot of visitors. <laughs> Let's not be ourselves. Let's be normal. 
But uh, docetism is this nerdy, uh, if, you, if you get into church history and some of the early heresies and, and people trying to figure out uh, who Jesus was, there was this truly a heresy that said Jesus was fully God and he wasn't fully one of us. And the idea of this heresy was that, well, humans are dirty, humans stink, humans are emotional Humans cry, humans hurt, humans hunger, so on and so forth. Was Jesus tr- like one of us? And actually we would say, yes, he truly was one of us. God himself became fully a human. He didn't lose his humanity. He didn't lose his godhood. What we hold to is this beautiful mystery that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man. And therein lies the good news of Christmas and what Christmas is all about, that God became human. So the title of the sermon, point one, point two, we're all God became human. Guess what point three is? God became human. And this time we'll emphasize the the subject here of the point, God. God himself, the one who is over all. Think about for a minute the creation. He's the creator. He made the creation. And if you think about the, the vastness of the creation, I was just outside in between the services and looked up and the stars were out. It's like, wow, it's, it's beautiful. And, and, and thinking about like in a really dark night, if you're way away, you can see so many more stars. It's, it's brilliant. It's beautiful. And the bigness, the vastness of this, uh, astronauts on a shuttle on the way to the moon, it takes about three days to get to the moon on our shuttles. Uh, if, if we ever land a person on Mars, which maybe this decade, who knows, maybe this decade we will land some people on Mars, they will be on a shuttle for about six months. If we land somebody ever on Neptune, it'll be 12 years. And if we ever want to go to the first star, the closest star to our solar system, to Earth, if we ever want to go there and send some humans, it won't take 10 years, it won't take 100, it won't take 1,000, it won't even take 10,000, it'll probably take around 100,000 years on a shuttle to reach the next closest star. I mean, think about the vastness has, have you ever had a moment in your life, I'm going back now to this first question that I've asked you, where you contemplate how big God is, how awesome he is. And in that, juxtaposed is that he became one of us. He came to this earth. He, God, became human. A theologian that lived a while ago, his name is Bernard of Clairvaux. He said that God comes to us in three different ways. He will come to us in the end. And at our death, we will know God. Um, he's here now. He's here in the church. He's here in the body of Christ. He's here when, when we celebrate sacraments. And he is here among us. His Holy Spirit is here. And he did come in Bethlehem and was placed in a manger. God himself came to this earth as one of us. And so if you want to know God, if anybody in here has ever been confused by who is God really? What what is God all about? Well, then you really just have to know Jesus because we would say, and we hope, and we believe that Jesus is fully the God, the creator of all. He came as one of us on this earth. I wanna um, end this sermon with a, a parable, a modern day parable. It's a, 
uh, probably my favorite parable. It's a story. I don't know who the original author is. Uh, the guy that made it popular, he said, he doesn't know where it came from. It's an unknown author. But a guy, a radio announcer by the name of Paul Harvey. Does anybody know Paul Harvey? I grew up, uh, my dad was in the Air Force and we listened to a lot of Air Force radio when I was a kid. So at breakfast time, uh, I would listen to Paul Harvey and the rest of the story. And he would have these, he was just a great radio announcer voice, long pauses for effect. (laughs) He was just a really good speaker. And around Christmas time, he would say this parable and it has just become such a special parable to me, a modern day parable. So here goes, it's about a man who's not a Scrooge. This was no uh, wicked soul. He was a generous man. He was generous with his family, generous in his uh, doings with other people and in business. He just didn't believe in the Christian stuff. He didn't believe in the incarnation. He went with his family every Christmas Eve to a Christmas Eve service like this one. But one year he he had just kind of had enough and in in a kind of a moment of honesty told his family, I won't be joining you this year to go to the Christmas Eve service. I'll just stay home. It wouldn't be honest of me to keep going to church with you because I really don't believe that stuff. And the family reluctantly respected that. And so mom and the kids uh, get in the car and they go off to the Christmas Eve service. And here he is by the fire, stoking it, keeping the house warm. And he hears a thud at the window. And he thought, that's, that's weird. And it started getting cold and uh, a storm had moved in. It started snowing. The wind was howling and the temperature had dropped dramatically. And there at the window, another thud. He thought, man, in in this, you know, surprise storm, is someone out there throwing snowballs? So he goes to the window and he looks out and he sees this little flock of birds And they're like puffed up. That's what birds do when they're cold and they're shivering and they're freezing and they're cold. And he thought to himself, man, I gotta do something. I gotta save these birds. They're gonna die. They've been caught in the surprise storms. They're out of their, you know, where they should be. And he wanted to help them. He wanted to save them. And he had a bright idea. I wish I could, you know, open the barn door and get them in there. And so he puts on his jacket, puts on his hats, gets his boots on, runs outside, opens the big barn doors wide where there's some animals. The kids had uh, stapled there a pony. He turns on the light in the barn and then he waits to see if the birds will fly in. He knew they were trying to get into the house because the birds could see the warmth of the house. And so he kind of waits. Will the birds fly in? Well, no, they, they don't. And so he, he goes out there. He's got a great idea. He goes to the kitchen, gets some breadcrumbs. He puts the breadcrumbs in a little line from where the birds are, lines them up all the way to the barn, but the birds aren't having it. And so he thinks, oh, maybe I'll just stand in the barn and kind of wave them in. And they just look at him like he's crazy. And he thinks, oh, I know, I'll, I'll go around and I'll shoo him into the barn. So he does that, goes around the barn, uh, around the house, goes to the birds, tries to shoo them in. And they go every way but into the barn. And he has this thought that to them, he must just be this tall lanky monster of a character scaring them. And the birds don't know what he's trying to do. And he wishes for a moment, he has this thought. He says, I wish I could become a bird because then I could fly up to them as one of them and I could mingle with them and and flap around with them and then show them the way into the barn. I could show them the way into safety and salvation. He has this thought, if only I could be a bird, well, then they would see and they would hear. 
and they would understand what I'm trying to do. And there that night, he heard in the distance the church bells. And he dropped to his knees and he, he realized, well, this is what God must have done. God became human. There on that Christmas Eve, he believed that God became human, one of us, full, fully God, fully in the flesh. Would you stand with me now? You can get your candles. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. The tech team are going to start lowering the lights here. And one of my favorite things to do in a Christmas Eve service, one of my favorite things to do all year long is this moment where we take the lights of the candles, the warmth, the light, and we receive them and we pass them. I'm going to pray a blessing over us. We're going to start to sing a song. And about halfway into this song, we'll be in the dark, singing this song, contemplating. And I pray, like I asked at the beginning of this service, that you might have a moment, you and the Lord, a moment where you contemplate the true meaning of Christmas, that God became human. And then I'll, halfway during the first song, I'll come get the light from the altar up here and I'll pass it and and it'll fill this room. And so when you receive it, look around for someone to pass it to and the, the room will fill with the mysterious light of life, the light of the good news of Jesus, this metaphor that God has come into this world as one of us. So let me pray a blessing over us. Lord, in the beginning, you said, let there be light and there was light. In the beginning, there was darkness and the earth was formless and void. But you said, let there be light. And there was. And in our world, in our lives, between birth and between death, there's moments of of evil. There's moments of distraction. There's moments of profound darkness and sadness, anxiety, depression. There are things that take us away from the knowledge that you came into this world to save us. So Lord, I pray this night, Christmas Eve, that as we share the light, as we receive the light, we will be lifted up by your presence and be like the shepherds that the angels come to and say, this this day brings good news for unto you a savior is born and he is Christ the Lord. So Lord, we receive this time from you. Lord, fill this place with your presence, we, we pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.